0: Welcome to the First Century Youth Ministry Podcast. My name is Heather Kiros, and I'm the author and founder of First Century Youth Ministry. But if you want to learn about Jesus from his Jewish context and get better at discipleship in the 21st century, this podcast is for you. This podcast is a part of the Youth Cartel Podcast Network. Friends, it's Heather here. Welcome back once more to the show. I've got James Whitman, the director of the JC Studies, uh, with me today, and um, I would totally recommend you check out uh, their website. And I'll have that in the show notes. Get plugged in with their courses. They've got some great uh, courses to help you keep learning and growing in your understanding of knowing Jesus from His Jewish context as you connect the testaments as james has pointed out on uh, the different occasions he's been with us is one of their passions and so james is gonna help us do that right now he's gonna help us uh keep growing in our hebraic understanding of uh, maleness and femaleness so if you didn't listen to last week's conversation please go do that now because it's gonna help you in today's conversation okay all right so james welcome back to the show today
1: Heather, thank you. It's good to be back. Love this discussion. Mm-hmm. And Me we, too. Like, yeah, and like you said, we're going to pick right up on, we're kind of doing a little math from Genesis, it, it, the the book of origins, uh, where it says that Adam, uh, which is an, the name for humanity, was made male and female as one, and then in Genesis 2 separated into two perfectly complemented, com- complementary distinctions, male and female. And then uh, it goes, in, and then this beautiful text that says, um, therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And Paul yeah. said, there's a mystery here. The Messiah and his body, his church. Um, and that's really, uh, it's really important to think about the the metaphors by which God reveals himself and his relationship to us. He calls right. Israel his bride. He calls Israel his children. And mm-hmm. an astute listener would be going, well, wait, we're, we're the bride of Christ and, and we're the children of God in the New Testament. That's right, because it's one continuous covenant re- uh, revelation of god coming down and rescuing his captive ones and chasing down his wayward sheep and recounseling them reconciling them to himself and then being a father and a mother to us yeah. as children um and so we even have in the temple language it's that jesus said it's it, i don't you know i should be in my father's house. And that's how the best of Judaism understood the tabernacle temple. It's a house. It's full of household implements. Why? Because we're going to dwell together there. Sure. So we get this brilliant one creation, the separation, this distinction, male and female. And then in marriage, which is not our subject, but it is a beautiful um, corollary and a a picture of what's happening to us uh, in Jesus a male and female become one flesh. It's returning back to the original creation, perfectly That's complementing great. each other, adapting to each other to serve each other in love. Um, this is the kingdom ideal of marriage between a husband and a wife. And it's all found right here in the pages of Genesis. Remarkable, isn't there it? There you go. So here you go. this is
0: a perfect way to set your students up for total success someday in relationships. Because honestly, like in many ways, because, because, Truth be told, I think sometimes when we think oneness or becoming one flesh, automatically our minds go to sexual intimacy. That's what we think about, right? Because that's what a lot of people, you know, are looking forward to in marriage or whatever you want to say about that.
1: So in divine design, the intimacy, the sexual intimacy between a male and a female in the, in, um, God's this, this beautiful idea of marriage, is exactly what you're saying, Heather. It's the, to the nth degree, the picture of serving each other in love and complimenting one another. Without it having to be sexual, as you just did, there are lots of application principles um, that we can get better and better at relating to one another in the kingdom and to uh, everyone around us in the world. Yeah. And we started yeah. out with that big, right. that big, big idea that it, in this one, two picture, it means male and female are exactly equal and have the same status before God. Mm-hmm. And we talked yeah. about that yeah. last week. It also means that yet they are distinct and have different functions. So I love that that picture you gave of speaking, adapting yourself yeah. to the feminine, the masculine, that's the way we complement serve one another uh, so that that that's a, there's a corollary to that point point. We're born male and female. Now God begins to disciple us and what that means to him and he knows that culture is always going to be defining or redefining those terms and we could just look at this simply you know the the, 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 the extreme macho or the extreme feminine. Um, um, or the, the feminine being sexualized, um, uh, uh, these, these tripes, <laughs> these cultural sure. things that we see in the shows and that kind of thing. It's simply culture telling you what you're supposed to be like and me, right. what I'm supposed to be like. But with this fresh understanding, we ask God, make me the man, disciple me, help me be the man you designed me to be. And I know Heather, you would, you have that same prayer um, from sure. your distinction. Absolutely. And, but your point of helping us understand, I think, is the, I think, is really one of the most exciting principles from this study, as well as understanding ourselves, but understanding one another and how we can best serve each other in love. Mm-hmm. I would even go so far as confronting a male and a female. There's a, there's, mm. there's this wisdom in adapting ourselves to the, the, the way they can hear and process. And oh my
0: gosh. Ooh, I've learned that one in my marriage, like um, <laughs> 17 million times over. It's like, why isn't my husband hearing me? Like, why isn't he listening? Oh maybe because I'm nagging and I'm, you know, I'm being critical <laughs> instead of coming to him with humility. Oh, how about that? Right. So ooh, that's a tough one for me.
1: And boy, you're really hitting the nail on the head of this, this, the way of the kingdom, right, is to deny ourselves and try to enter in yeah. to the world of the other without giving up ourselves. Mm-hmm. We deny ourselves in order to serve one another, but we don't give up any of our rights, sure. our equality for God, sure. any of our own personal boundaries. Um, So That's marriage right. is so important that way because each has to do it. One That's can't right. make the other do it.
0: This is a helpful conversation too with for teenagers because a lot of the times they enter into these dating relationships and they do give up parts of who they are in order to try to keep that individual or that person around i see I see people do it with friendships as well instead
1: Absolutely.
0: of um ma- maintaining personal boundaries of saying "No, I will not do that or I won't allow myself to do that or I won't be treated nor spoken to like that we um give up our personal boundaries to simply be loved, right? And be liked. And um, it's really all about learning how to honor the image in each individual. And if we, as image bearers of God, seek to do that first, instead of wanting people to just love us and like us and to look outside ourselves and to love the image and to try to care for the image in others, then people are drawn to us and they want to spend time with us. They want to be around us. But I feel like we're, especially as I know, I struggled with this this, as a teenager. I was so self-absorbed in thinking about what was best for me or what was me or me, 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 instead of looking to um, illuminate that which God was purposefully creating in other people.
1: I love the, the, you know, your intentionality for your audience, because this is leadership. This is a leadership discussion, a pretty sophisticated one. This isn't some Bible teaching you do and you move on from. You're constantly touching these core principles because our, it, it, finding, trying to find something in another is simply a sign that we're not finding it in the Father. It, as, and as we discussed last week, a, a father and a mother, mm-hmm. He's he's... Elohim, which is masculine Hebrew, he's El Shaddai, which is feminine Hebrew. He's Yahweh, which has a feminine vowel and a masculine vowel. But, there it is. And, and so, this this study we're doing is so crucial because it's showing us what God is like. And, and I yeah. want to make two two observations here. This it, it it is to topic. It's to where you and I are, are at right now, and speaking from a pastoral standpoint. When God made them complete, he he said it was very good. He blessed them. The heart yeah. of God is a God who blesses. Now in Genesis 3 we're going to re- we're going to find what our disobedience does in separating us from God and the consequences. But often the way it's taught, preached and read is that he cursed us. Hmm. You could get that by way of implication, but that is not what the text says. He cursed the serpent, and behind the serpent, that malevolent evil that wants to rob, kill, and destroy us every moment of every hour. And he cursed Mm -hmm. the ground. They were byproducts of um, the consequences of our disobedience. But the first picture, once they leave Eden, is God went with them. He didn't stay behind the fiery angels guarding the, door, the gates. The next thing, yes. he's there in the wilderness with them, and that's the story of the long-suffering mm-hmm. of God. The cross right. is always in the heart of the Father, even in these pages of Genesis. And so quickly, to your point, pastors, when we teach, when we mentor young people, there is that self-centric tendency to view everything um, through that lens and try to find things in others, but help them to understand mm-hmm. this basic picture in Genesis and realize that they that's where we're going to find all of our our, our identity and, and our completeness yeah. and our wholeness.
0: Right. Yeah. It's being made in the image of God. That's beautiful.
1: So Heather, you and I uh, on the, the precast... Uh, we had a really neat discussion of some of the implications and I've got some things jotted down. So I want everyone just to think in terms of female and male, that Mm -hmm. one creation, but now two female and male. Um, One thing this teaches us is that both femininity and masculinity are expressions of the Holy one. Mm -hmm. I love the word Holy before it meant ethics like doing the right thing or being pure. It's it's a Hebrew word which means completely other than. It's just simply mm-hmm. we can't know God. He has to make himself known. And, yeah, and yeah, part yeah. of this revelation in Genesis is, look at, masculine's my idea. It reflects a bit of my holiness. is my idea. It reflects a bit of my holiness. Therefore, there is not one that's better than the other. That's right. Nor is one, yeah. one, nor is one more valuable in his eyes. Um, and that's that perfect compliment that we're talking about.
0: Yeah. There's yeah. another
1: yeah. lesson from the one become two. Yeah. If you think about, forget the dumb rib thing. That's, you know, it's a hard Hebrew translation. But again, um, the great Jewish commentator said, took it from his side. It's as if he yeah. parted the man in half. That makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. And the masculine went this way and the feminine went this way, but not all of it. So inside mm-hmm. of all of us is what could be considered some feminine qualities in a male, mm-hmm. some uh, masculine qualities in a female. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There, that's to be celebrated. We already know this, right? You could, if you put two men together, they're going to be on a spectrum.
0: Sure. They're going to be different,
1: right? Only in biblical faith is that celebrated and that is encouraged and that's educated towards. Be the man that God called you to be. My dad was a renaissance man, not a guy you can walk in his footsteps. I mean, he was a firefighter that rushed into burning buildings, taught himself to fly, became instrument rated, was a small business, an entrepreneur, multiple businesses, I mean, I could tell you story after story, and I miss him out of after three years. Mm -hmm. I'm nothing like him. I I have wonderful things in common with him. But you could put us (laughs) two men side by side. I'm a man of letters. I'm much more intuitive, Mm -hmm. reflective, um, sensitive. Does that mean I'm less masculine and he's more masculine? Heaven forbid. Yeah. Again, we're feeling pressure from culture to redefine Terms that God chooses to define for his people. And I want to be clear about that, gang. He's he's defining these terms for us as those who follow him. Whether other people Mm -hmm. buy into those terms or not, it's not important. He wants to grow you, who are created in his image and likeness, into the best version of yourself by grace. And it's a matter of faith. So we're trusting him. I mean...
0: Absolutely. You know, as we talked about in the pre-show, that there are different cultures who have different understandings of what does it look like to be male and female? For example, in India, I could walk over to India and some men there wear long skirts. And in our culture, we would go, whoa, 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 that's really feminine. Like, what's up with that? And by their culture, it's totally normal. It's what men do. And so I think sometimes we get so focused on outward appearances or the things that people do that we forget that biblical masculinity doesn't really have much to do with what we do so much as it is how we are and how we treat people how we honor one another and how we honor the image of god in each other that how i speak to a person how i treat them is really how i reflect biblical masculinity and femininity not so much what the things that i do and i think we get really caught up on that it's like oh well you know, I remember when I was a kid, I was I got called a tomboy a lot because I was super athletic and I was always into yep. different things. And um, I was like, "Oh, what is what's that mean?" Like I'm, uh, and, and so, you so know, it's it's people people think it's the things we do, but no, it's really about who we are and how we treat one another is what when be- those things are reflected most.
1: Yeah, and as In kingdom people, opinion. we need to. I agree, and as kingdom people, we need to do a much better job of this. I mean, heaven forbid, youth pastors would tease. A sensitive boy or an athletic girl. Um, heaven forbid that we'd fall into those corrupt cultural patterns and make them question themselves. When we, Absolutely. when we're the ones called to celebrate um, mm-hmm. these our distinctions in 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 the fullness of the spectrum. And isn't it wonderful? Okay. That, and, and I see this in you, Heather. Isn't this wonderful that a David can lead a troop? and write some of the most heart-sensitive poetry in the Bible. That a uh, sure. Yael can be a mother, and yet she can kill King Sisera. She, she can rise up Regular, and She what God yeah. calls her mm-hmm. to do. Um, these are people right. who are comfortable in their masculinity, comfortable in their femininity, um, their identities, and their the way they treat others, as you said, and they could rise up in the call yeah. of God um, with clarity.
0: That's right. That's really good. And I, I think I'm going to wrap up our conversation here with something that you said last episode is that in legalistic corners, women are often the ones that get hurt the most because I've seen that. I've seen that time and time again where women essentially are. And there's nothing wrong with, you know, being a homemaker or anything. I'm not bashing I'm I'm a, that my main role right now in my life is stay at home mom. And um, but that isn't all a woman is or can be or should be a woman can be more and um or I shouldn't say it like that I should say um don't just simply say well that's who you are that's your role that's that's all you can be. No a woman can can express um the fullness of God within herself in other ways as well and still yeah. be a mom, right? So absolutely. Yeah. Any other and thoughts when you, and-
1: Jeez. Yeah, that's a, I, I'll just leave with really, again, that that conversation because, and, and this is the What this is the big takeaway for us all, masculinity needs femininity for this sense of complemented and complete expression of, of God's presence on the earth. It doesn't have to be marriage exclusively. Okay. Um, we're complete on our own. But I think in, in leadership, what in the world are we thinking? Who, who wants an all male led thing? If there were no females on the earth, it would be the <laughs> ugliest place. We would be back to primitive living. Before we just kill each other. We yeah, would for sure. Each That's other. so true. Um, yep. So yep. we, in all of in, in ourself, we need that 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 to celebrate. Uh, the distinctions and the equality in our relationships, and as we serve as a leadership in the body of Jesus, right. we need to be really tuned into these things. That's good. These have
0: been really fun conversation, James, and um, I pray have been grounding youth leaders in an understanding of what the Hebrew Bible and essentially the wholeness of the scriptures teaches about what is male and femaleness. How do we understand that? And how do we help students walk in that? So friends, um, again, check out uh, JC Studies. I'll leave their links in the show notes uh, and get connected with their work. It's really great stuff. And so again, join us for our trip To Israel in August of 2023. Again, remember, you can raise support for that trip. So all y'all that saying you can't afford it, hey, maybe your friends want to help you get there. So friends, again, thanks for joining us for this episode, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.